This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mint Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus rewards, registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Welcome to the Ireland Bale podcast. It's Monday the 18th of December. It's 20 to 9 at night. We've left it late this week. Well, this weekend, because we've had busy lives. I've been celebrating my 37th birthday, not 40th. But thank you for everyone that wished me happy birthday and sent me happy 40th, etc. And I'm joined by Johnny and Andy. Johnny, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. We had a good night out Saturday, didn't we? We did. Really Saturday. enjoyed it. So it was nice to see a, see a few faces that comment and stuff like that on the pod, and a few familiar faces and whatnot. So that was that was all nice. There was one face it wasn't nice to see. Oh, this could go anywhere. So go for well, it. It was nice to see until he decided to chuck a pint over me. So cheers for coming, oh, well, Dan. Yeah. I'm only winding you up, Dan. Now, lovely to see you, but next time, drink your pints. Yeah. But no, we had a laugh about it. So, yes, all good. All good. Andy, all good. how are you? Yeah, um, busy, busy time of year, busy, uh, hectic social calendar. Um, yeah, we had a good night Saturday, didn't we? Yeah. Um, well done to whoever got you the happy 40th birthday um, banner. Up in yeah. the I don't actually room. know who got that. <laughs> you know, was it was it actually for you, or was it just some some other person who had no, a fortieth in there? It, no, it, it was for it was for him. <laughs> it was for him. Someone went, you know, um, good commitment to the wind up. Anyway. Yeah, thank you yeah. very much. I'm getting Dan Townley to read out Happy Fortieth, which I missed because I was outside having a pint actually with you, Johnny, and with Stu. Yeah, I yeah, know I missed it as well. I arranged that, and I, I ended up missing it. <laughs> But I got told about it, so cheers, Dan. That was a bit of a boy. But yeah, Mr. Mr. John Amos brought the um, banner down for us. You're joking. No, he brought the banner. Is that because all the stick I gave him about driving very, very quickly? 
<laughs> he must be. So he's added. He's, he's added three years, like like he adds three points. Wow, Mister Amos, I will get you back somewhere. There we go. Well, yeah, busy weekend once it's I had a day out in Chester yesterday and stayed over, so we couldn't record yesterday. We were going to record Saturday, but it was far too busy, to be honest. And it as was. it turns out, I'd left the adapter for the microphones in the bag for one of the people that won one of the shirts that come and collected the shirts, so we couldn't have done anyway. Oh, right, OK. So I've got to get the Fair adapter enough. back tomorrow, so cheers for sending me a message, and we'll sort, we'll get that back. But yeah, good night, good day in Chester. Johnny, you had a busy weekend? Yeah, I have had a busy weekend, um, but yeah, so all good though, all all ready for Christmas now. Oh wow! So yeah, week, that's week all today. sorted. It is week today. Week today, what are you doing for Christmas? Getting the mothers or um, half and half. Mm. So we're having Christmas Day on Christmas Eve kind of thing at, at my mum's, and then Christmas yeah. Day on Christmas Day at Steph's mum's. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Andy, yeah. are you coming this way for Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're all going to be down at my sister's house and um, she's going to use one of her many rooms in a lovely four-bedroom new build house and we're just going to, yeah, have a good old family Christmas. Uh, she's yeah. been pestering me as to what food I want and, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm also trying to fit in, pack in, because I'm moving at the end of the month, which is like the most ridiculous time to move. I'm trying to find a man and van in the Manchester area. So, yeah, um, I've I've got a lot on my plate. Yeah, if anyone knows a man with a van in the Manchester area, give Andy a shout. Or if you own own a van and you're in the Manchester area, you want to earn some some cash. But, you know, it doesn't have to be your job. I'm sure Andy will take take anyone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if you can fit a 55-inch... telly in there then all the better without breaking it yeah there we go sorted yeah True. sorted got one for you last night we did a christmas quiz at the end of the night in chester and one of the right rounds was christmas cracker jokes god and you've got to come up with the answer so one of the questions was santa went on to tinder what happened What's that? Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with his sack, is it? Well, that's what I wrote. I put he emptied his sack. <laughs> but um, apparently, the correct answer was he pulled a cracker. I thought it was going to be something a bit cleverer than that, like swiping, but I couldn't think of any sort of. No, he pulled a cracker. But they did give me an extra point because he said the answer he emptied his sack was the best answer. So, moving on to Saturday, let's have a talk about Saturday's game where we were all there at Vale Park, where Vale played Wigan. And for me, put in the best 90-minute performance of the season. Johnny, I know you said to me that the first half of Saturday was equally as good as the first half against Stevenage in the Cup. Obviously, I wasn't there for that one, so I can only comment on Saturday. But for me, the best 90-minute performance, we'll talk about it in more depth than players individually and what was good, what was bad and what his thoughts are now. But, Johnny, initial thoughts on Saturday. Yeah, I thought for 75 minutes across the game, we were we were really good. We had that little lull where, obviously, they, they pulled it back and there was five or so minutes at the, the start of the second half, but they were never going to be as bad in the second half as they were first half. But 
equally we were never going to keep that consistency up of being as good as we were for 90 minutes and that's not a criticism that's just that the fact of life no team no team will will play at that level for 90 minutes so there's got to be a lot of praise going out for a lot of people um players staff alike because Andy Crosby showed massive bollocks in my opinion by dropping Smith um I think that's that's a brave decision because if we go one nil down to a centre half mistake, it doesn't matter which one of them it is. That that gives that 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 has fuel to the fire, doesn't it? When he's in the position he is, so that that's brave. And I think again, brave decision starting Garrity up there. Uh, but it seems like things are things are paying off in his favour the last few games, uh, league games anyway. Obviously, Stephen is backfired, but that's more. Um, that that that's in the past, um, but yeah, I think overall you, you've got to be happy with with the win. You can criticise the two goals we conceded because both need to be defended better, but it feels a bit like that start of the season again. Do you know after we'd just been spanked, um, and then we beat Fleetwood, didn't we? Three two. It feels a bit like that again, where let's just get the win sorted and then we can we can build on the rest. So. Yeah. Let's see what and, happens. And you give a lot of credit out there, Johnny. I've got to say, I think a lot of credit's got to go to the Vale fans as well. Who I don't think it's the best atmosphere we've had at Vale Park by any stretch of the imagination. However, the run of form that we've been on after Tuesday night, I would go as far to say as 95% of the fan base wanted Crosby out. It would have been easy for the fans to be straight on at the manager, straight on at the players. And actually... They sat back, saw the first five minutes, went, we're going to get fully behind the team. And even when Wigan pulled it back to two all, the fans could, again, with the sentiment that's there at the moment, turned against the players and Crosby, and they didn't. They stuck with them on Saturday and got the, reserve, the just desserts for it. So I think a lot of credit's got to go to the fans because we've seen when teams are struggling like we've been, they're on at them straight away. And I think the players take credit as well. And Crosby for getting the fans on side with the way they started the game, but the fans stayed with them throughout the ninety minutes. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think you can argue with that. It's it it, would, it could have been easy when that second goal went in to to see a bit of an explosion, but it didn't happen. Um, and I think that was summed up as well by the the reaction to Ryan Loft, um, because th- them two tackles he put him right at the end were just were greeted like he scored he scored the winner. So. It's, it's them sort of things that you, you look at and go, the team's together, the fans were together, and kind of now you now now we move on from that and let's see if we can build a run. Um, yeah. It's still fragile, um, and we've spoken about it a little bit in the group today. Management-wise, it's two, two wins and two, so it's the start of a run. Um, the performance was there this time round, so again, start of turning the tide shall we say but you're only as good as your next game and in in this run it's Wickham but obviously the next game's Middlesbrough that we will talk about later and I want to say that the, the two different things because if we go and beat Middlesbrough next, like tomorrow and get smashed by Wickham it means fuck all to me the league's bread and butter and I know Bez we were talking earlier in the group and yeah. you were like, well, much needed funds and stuff like that. But then funds mean nothing if we if we don't pick up in the league. So whilst I'm not saying 
I want to lose tomorrow. It's it's important tomorrow, but in the in the big scale of things, the leagues are bread and butter, and we've we've got to make sure that we're we're winning games in that over the Christmas period, rather than getting to a semi final and losing the next four. So if you ask if you ask me, would I want twelve points or a semi final? It's twelve points, but I know football doesn't work that way. No, and I totally get where you're coming from. And as we said earlier in the group, and my response was, tomorrow night for me has no bearing on Andy Crosby's job long-term, win or lose. So if we win tomorrow, that doesn't mean that Andy Crosby's job is now safe for me. If we lose tomorrow, it doesn't mean I want Andy Crosby gone. And we will get into that debate, because I'm sure people are going to expect us to, and we'll keep it brief, but we'll get into that debate. What tomorrow does mean for me is, if we win, and if we play how we did Saturday and Middlesbrough have an off day, there's no reason we can't. However, they're still big favourites and I'm making them favourites as well. I'm not saying that we are favourites by any stretch. But football's played over 90 minutes, there's a chance. If we win tomorrow, what that does is it lifts the profile of the club because all of a sudden you're on Sky Sports News all the time. You're on the news all the time. People are watching semi-final of Port Vale. So the profile of the club has lifted straight away. And I think it's been lifted by reaching the quarterfinal slightly. If we reach the semi-final, I think it massively lifts the profile of the club. Does that do anything in itself? No. It's what we as a club then do with it. But what it should do is it brings in two televised games because both semi-finals are televised. So you're getting, I believe, the home game is something like 60, 70 grand from Sky away as theatre. So you're bringing 100 grand in plus the gate revenue. To me, you're probably bringing a couple of hundred grand in, which we lost on Tuesday. So you're replacing them funds, which we haven't budgeted for. So that gives us something to go and spend in January to make sure that we don't get dragged towards relegation as long as we spend it right. So for me, it's a big game. However, I agree with what you're saying. If we beat Middlesbrough and then go and lose the next four league games, that's not acceptable. So Andy, let's bring you in because you sat there patiently and quiet. Your thoughts on all that? Yeah, um, let's go back to the Saturday's game, first of all. Um, I think when you're a team that's struggling with confidence um, and things haven't been gone great and you're trying to defend a 2 0 lead against someone who's decent. It's it's a very specific sort of psychological thing you've you've got to learn to deal with, and especially when it when it goes to two one, you sort of you know you're going to be under pressure, and we were. Um, I, I totally agree about the reaction of the crowd. Um, I think it's partly because we were just <clears throat> they were appreciating that we were trying to go about things the right way. And we were playing, I mean, we flattered to the sleeve a lot of times this season when we've played nice football, but it's all been very slow and laboured. But to, on Saturday, it just had a bit more zip about it. It was crisp. We were moving the ball quickly. We were getting early balls in. I mean, you look at Massey's assists for the first goal on Saturday and the first goal Tuesday. The ball was worked out to him early. He was, you know, getting getting a bit of white paint on his boots and he was getting an early ball in for, um, it was Garrity on Tuesday, it was a chiselet on, on Saturday and that's what we need. We need to be doing those things just that half a yard quicker for the type of football we play to be successful and I think it was night and day compared to some of the football we've played and the fans were obviously really appreciative of it. Uh, going back to the Loft comment as well, uh, fully agree with that. It's It's all about attitude with things like that. I remember Brett Angel having a few poor games when he first came to Vale, and then he did something very similar 
in a game. He just closed down his man. He wasn't the quickest over any number of yards, but I remember him closing down a man, win, like giving away a throw-in, just closing down a full-back, running across the, the back four. And that just got so much... It just got a massive roar of appreciation from the paddock that it just it seemed to be a turning point for him in his Vale career, even though he didn't last too long before he went to QPR, I think. But that just... I, I saw the parallels there. Um, yeah, it's it's six important points we've got out of these last two games. It's not, it doesn't exactly make it a free hit tomorrow night, but it does take a massive amount of pressure on us and hopefully means we can enjoy the game a bit more than we would have done otherwise if we'd have um, lost the game. And it, it completely... Ch- it'll, it will have completely changed the atmosphere around the ground tomorrow night as well. Yeah, agree with you. Um, let's do it very quickly now before we get into the game in full. Andy, 30 seconds or less. Where are you with Andy Crosby at this moment in time after Saturday? Because people will expect us to talk about that. Yeah, I don't think he's out of the woods, but if he can get us consistently playing like that, there's no issue. That's what we need, but like I said before, if if we're slightly off it, then then the football isn't great. I, I'd, I mean, that's probably going to seem into the new year, probably, unless we have a horrendous Christmas, New Year, Carlisle away, New Year's Day. But it's we we'll probably just go on for a bit longer until the next mini crisis. Um, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd 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 be happy to see him stay if we produce those sort of performances on a consistent basis. It's just now we've got to work out how do we repeat performances like that. Johnny, same question. <clears throat> yeah, for me, like I was fuming before the game um, Saturday because I feel that we threw Tuesday to the to the shit. Uh, by seeing Ollie Alfie and Massey play, so he was on a he he, he was he was dangling by a shoestring before the game. Now how we played, it's brought some of that back because I think we played fantastic. He's still three or four positive results from me saying, "Yeah, okay, I'm I'm, I'm turned." Like, and that doesn't mean we've got it. That doesn't exactly mean three wins, eat three or four wins on the bounce sort of thing. It's just. Keep playing with that philosophy. If 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 you lose one nil playing like that, you can hold your hands up and say you've had a go. Do you know what I mean? Like, and so I know supporting Paul Vale, we're not going to win every week. Yeah, you've took but, the out of my mouth. Yeah, but what I expect and what I was told at the start of the season as well. That's the other thing. Like it's not just what I expect; it's what we were told is that the work ethics there, the work rates there, and. We're, we're, we're building this philosophy and some games it hasn't it, it really hasn't and you look at you go back to Cheltenham for example it wasn't there you, you go back to Derby and it it was there for 60 minutes and then we conceded and we just caved and just ran out our ideas and stuff like that so there, there's lots there's lots of times where you look at it and go have we got a soft underbelly now time will tell but for me, it's got to be three or four positive performances and picking up points in in the next few um, leading up to like New Year, like like Andy just mentioned, and then we then we reassess. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with reassessing and saying, Correct. 
okay, I wanted him gone, but now I'm quite, I'm content. Because I'm not going to be happy until longer term, until, until we're moving in the right direction. But I saw Nathan Shapland uh, popped on Twitter. At the start of the season, if someone would have said, coming into December, we're nine points off the bottom four, we're in a League Cup quarterfinal, we're, we're sat in mid-table, because we, we are, we're lower mid-table, but we're sat in mid-table, people would have been relatively happy. Because we all said that the mid-table was the aim for this season, and then let's see what we can push on. So, got to put some perspective on it. It doesn't help when you're going on a run of 10 unbeaten and then 13 without a win, does it? So, if, yeah. if we'd mix if we'd mix that up a little bit, things probably wouldn't have ever felt so bad. Um, so now we've, just got to, we've just got to make sure now it's positive going forward. And when we lose, which we will do, we're going to lose probably one of the next four as well. Like we've just got to make sure that we that that we can see the things right. Um, and then it's a big January. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a big no. January on a number of fronts, isn't it? Um, I was yeah. just going to add to that. We've got 25 points now, so we're halfway to 50. So we're, we're tracking fairly well. Another seven or eight wins should see us safe pretty comfortably. Um, you know, we've got a couple of home games to rearrange against teams in around the bottom four. So um, it's, it's, not, it's not a terrible situation to be in. It's just going back to something that Johnny said earlier, just about what is it? Is it mentality as well? There did seem to be something missing during the run where that we had, where it was all nice and pretty, but there was something I couldn't quite put my finger on the word that described what we were missing. It's just because of the way we seem to contrive ways to not or throw away or lose games. It's like Shrews, Lincoln, that last minute goal at Lincoln, Shrews playing, you know, being the better side, but not sticking it in the net and then conceding to poor goals on the break. Um, it just felt as though I, I didn't think the players had Crosby had lost the players. Um, the players hadn't down tools for him, but I didn't think that they were particularly running through brick walls for him either. It It's not quite backbone conviction. I think it's just sheer bloody mindedness. I remember Brian Clough used to say he'd sell his grandmother for a three points on a Saturday and I just sometimes you get the feeling that we we're not really enough of shit houses to to really go and do what we need to do just to see a, a game over the line and it I, I don't know that, that that is how I felt up until the last couple of games a lot happier that we've won a couple of games but it's just do we need a little bit more bloody mindedness just to just to make sure we we turn good performances and, and leads into results. No, fair point. Yeah. Well I was gonna say for me, what what I think it show, what I think it does show is we do lack a bit of experience. Because I think I think that comes hand in hand. You you, you look at some some players that have played a couple hundred games and they know I'll see a game out like that. Whereas with Ollie Alfie in there with you, you look at Sang just starting out. You look at Deborah. You look at Barmer. We, we're we're a very we're, we're a very young, inexperienced teams in play, players and places. I know we've got Smithy. I know we've got Low Ojo that have Ripley. There have played a good number of games, but still, 
we, we're still seven players on on the other side. So I think sometimes you just need that experienced head to go and take some control over them games. And I think we did a little bit at, um, at Exeter, but sometimes it, it it's worth someone taking the ball by the horns and just knowing when to when to slow it down. Yeah, no, with you both, with you both. And that was a long 30 seconds each. Um, <laughs> I was the first one on the pod call for Crosby out, and that was after the Cheltenham game. So my position at this moment is one swallow doesn't make a summer, as I said earlier in the group. He hasn't won me over yet. However, he's put a building block in place. And I think this is what you two were kind of saying. He's put a building block in place that I'm not saying he can't win me back over. I'm not saying I want Crosby gone no matter what. I've always said I liked him as a person. I question whether he was the right man for the job and whether he could manage this group of players to get the best out of them. Because I still think the players we've got, I'm with you, Johnny. If you'd have said we'd have been here at the start of the season, I'd have probably taken it. However, with this group of players, I think we're probably underperforming. I think they're better than that. And at the start of the season, we didn't know how good Ollie was. We didn't know how good Alfie was. You know, Chizzy at that point, we didn't know. And as you, Andy and Steve, was so you, Tom and Steve said, Chizzy's our best performing player this season, according to the stats. And he obviously listened to you because you gave him a boost of confidence for Saturday to go and get that trick. So fair play for that. And I questioned if the players were playing for Crosby. When we went 1-0 up against Wigan, every single outfield player went over to celebrate. When we went 2-0 up, nine of the 10 outfield players went over to celebrate. And the other was Deb, who turned around and ran to Connor Ripley and celebrated. Them players are still playing for Andy Crosby. And people at the club who I've spoken to, I'm not talking about high up the club, just people that work at the club, said to me, Andy Crosby is a great manager. I said, I haven't seen it yet. He's now put a building block in place and it's up to him to go and win the fans back because I don't think one performance will win the fan base back. But I do think he buys him time, as you two both said. And he's now brought a little bit of time to go and win the fans back now. And he's got to go and do that. If we play like that every game, and as you say, John, and we might play like that and lose, I've got no issue whatsoever with that. We should have been out of sight by half time. That's probably the only criticism you can say for that first half. We hit the crossbar. We did. We could have been four to five up by half time. We then hit the post in the second half as well as the goal. We could have battered Wigan on Saturday and gave him a right battery. And the only thing that didn't was a bit of luck being a little bit more clinical in the box and a couple of defensive headers. We've got to carry on playing like that. Andy Crosby, I'm not calling for his head at this moment in time. He hasn't won me back either. I'm in a position of put a building block in place, go and build on it. And I hope he does. Yeah, I was just going to say as well that, I mean, I've seen some right bloody clueless idiots manage the bail down the years, and I don't think Andy Crosby's one of them. I don't think he's in the same class as a, a Bruno or even Michael Brown when we realised that some of the stuff that was happening wasn't just, we could just blame it on, it was the mess that Bruno left behind. It was Brown being just as bad. Um, they were terrible managers. I don't think Andy Crosby's anywhere near that. We're the, we were the strangest bad team I've seen in the last couple of months because we weren't actually that bad we, we we just it's hard to describe really because we just we weren't a your typical team on a bad run we we were still trying to play football we were still confident on the ball we were just not doing anything in either business end of the pitch so it's it was a weird one also i just didn't have the 
I don't think I had the appetite for shouting, screaming for someone's head again. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe it's just, I don't know. It's just I looked at Andy Crosby and I thought, he's, he's a decent enough chap. Um, I know he probably tried my patience last Tuesday with, with some of his comments after the game about sports science, but I genuinely don't think he's the sort of, he's that sort of under fire manager. I think he's a little bit too likable and clever to be that sort of character. He just didn't fit that stereotype in my head. Yeah, no, it's all fair. It's all fair. And we'll move off from that conversation now because that won't be a conversation for tomorrow. As we've already said, tomorrow's kind of a free hit in the sense of we're not expected to do anything. However, we've got to go and put a performance in at minimum and see what happens. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But Johnny, you messaged me before the game kicked off and your points were good 11, but pissed me off after Tuesday's injury bollocks. Smith dropped his right. He's been poor recently. Yeah, and I stand by that. Do you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the message that came out Tuesday compared to the starting 11. Now, if them lads were at risk... They, they, they would have started on the bench if they were at risk. Agreed. So that annoyed me in the sense of it didn't annoy me that they were starting because two of them are two of our best players and the other had a brilliant 45. So wanted to see more of that side of it. Why, why it annoyed me was that I felt like 10 more minutes, we win that game and then Things, things monetary-wise are different, as, as you mentioned with the League Cup, but you get decent money, we're in third round, we're now all sat here arguing about the 478 tickets that Stevenage were given and how, how we managed that through the 4,000 fan base. Um, but yeah, so that's what pissed me off. The 11, almost what I would have picked. Um, you look at it and you go... Did Sang deserve to be dropped? Probably not. But Massey was brilliant on that right-hand side for 45 minutes and Conor Grant had the, the right balance. So it makes it hard there. You then look at where else Sang can fit in and Ollie, Alfie, Ojo are all playing well in there. So, yeah, it was. it's probably Sang's the one I felt for. Um, Smithy, I, I feel he'll be back Tuesday regardless. Um, but it was the right decision, um, and I felt we were quicker at the back. I felt that we were we moved it a lot quicker. Players trusted each other a little bit more, and that's that's not a dig at Nick, Nick Smith. Like if you ask Smith to defend, he's a brilliant defender. But we're asking we're asking him to play football as well. So you saw on Saturday that Kofi's a better footballer, but. Because he's a better footballer, there's a chance of a mistake. And that's what happened for the goal. So that that's that's a learning curve. And Smith, similar to what we've just been talking about, this isn't this isn't the end for Nathan Smith by far. It's just a I'd be looking at a couple of games out before he forced himself back in because I think one of the other three have got to have done something massively massively bad to to need need the change but like I say I, I can see him back Tuesday yeah and for Smith it's a kick up the arse you haven't been performing well I'm going to change it round bring some lads in you've then got to go and win your place back I personally 
wouldn't bring him back on Tuesday. I think he will. You're right. I think that back three's done enough to earn another game together. Yes, you could argue there's a couple of mistakes, but as you say, Johnny, just on the ball going forward, there was times where Jason Lowe's playing one-touch passes. He isn't stopping it, turning planes. And again, that's no disrespect to Smith. However, Crosby may look at choose and go, actually, we're going to be on the back foot more than on the front foot. I want my defenders there who are going to chuck their head in front of it and block everything with it, anything they've got. And if you want that defender, you're calling on Nathan Smith without a shadow of a doubt. Of course you are. So, yeah, see how it goes. Andy, any comments on Johnny's pre-match comments? Um, yeah, I, I agree with Sang. Sang stood out before the game as, you know, the player who's been in form and the player I was most worried about not being in the side. Um, as it turned out, I was completely wrong. Connor Grant's getting fitter um, and Gav Massey had an excellent game. So the wing-backs um, were fully justified. Um, you can also see what we're trying to do with Lowe and uh, being in the middle of the three. And Ojo, I think them paired, Crosby said something about them being like the ones that are pretty much starting the play, calling the plays. And yeah, Smith has to be accommodated around them because at the moment he's not playing in the middle of the three. So he's probably... He's, he's not getting in the team on the right of the three either because Deborah's doing really well. So he's probably going to have to go in the left of the three. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Deborah isn't doing really well. Deborah's doing fucking fantastic. I'm falling in love with that bloke. And we'll talk about his performance on Saturday as we get into because I thought he was fucking unbelievable. But we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so, stats for the game. Vale v Wigan at Vale Park. Finished 3-2 to the Vale. Ethan Cheslet with an hat trick for the Vale, and we'll talk about that when we get to Chessy because I thought it was really interesting to hear what Crosby had done before the game with Chessy to try and lift his confidence, and he goes and gets three goals off the back of it. Um, Wiggins' goals came on 63 through Chris Essedi. How are you pronouncing that? C, C. Somebody C. said it was pronounced. Yeah. C. C. Um, C. C. Z. Might be more of a Z than a C. Sir. I don't know. Oh, Z. Yeah, well, him anyway. He made it 2-1, and then Charlie White made it 2-1 before Chizzy wrapped it up in the 83rd minute. Possession-wise, Vale had 55% possession to Wiggins, 45. Total shots, Vale had 22 to Wiggins, 7. On target, Vale had 8 to Wiggins, 2. Um, passes, Vale made 416 passes. There's probably been other games this season, but that's the first time I can remember seeing over 400 for Vale. So... Real good there. Clear-cut chances, three for the Vale, two for Wigan. Vale had six corners to their three. Offside, it says two all, but that's what was actually flagged. Because when we get to ref watch, we'll talk about the assistant referee in front of the paddock who missed every offside in the game, I think. Um, block shots, Vale, eight block shots. And then we can all remember chances where the ball's ricocheting around the box and Vale hitting some Wigan defenders are just throwing the way, throwing themselves in front of it. One for Wigan. Tackles won, eight for Vale, three for Wigan. Aerial duels won, 10 for Vale, 14 for Wigan. Saves, says Vale, none, five for Wigan. So, yeah, I think all the stats and everyone with eyes that was there, all points to a dominating Port Vale performance. A 3-2 win, as we've said, it's two league wins on the bounce now. Nine points clear of relegation, which feels more comfortable than it did. And it's a confidence boost moving on to Tuesday. That's the stats. Andy? Anything else to add to the stats? No, uh, I think that pretty much tells the story of the game, doesn't it, really? 
yeah, I think so. Johnny, tell the story for you. Yeah, pretty much. I think I think stats stats tell one part of the story, don't they? Yeah. Uh, and then the other part is what your eyes tell you, and your eyes tell you that it was it was a good game of football. Um, and Wigan fans, a lot of Wigan fans were complimentary as well. The Wigan manager yeah. was quite complimentary. So that that shows that a touch of class by a football club, but B, sometimes you do have to hold your hands up and say, actually, we were we were beaten by the better side, and they were. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's it was it was important Saturday was. Yeah, and let's not forget Wigan were on a nine game unbeaten run. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, their fans were a bit tetchy, weren't they? I think they were expecting to come and, and go be 2-0 down at half-time. And they were, you could hear the booing. But, I don't know. I, yeah, I can get that, you know, they were maybe off it a bit. They weren't the side I was expecting to see. But um, I thought we took advantage of that. We, we were ruthless in the way that whatever they did wrong, and they left us a few gaps to exploit, and we exploited them. Yeah, agree. And I do wonder how much... The first half, as they were off it all. Do you know what? We were just that damn good first half, and I thought we were. Johnny, you were going to add summit? No, you just covered it. You covered it. I was just about to say, I, I think as much as they were off it, we were, we were on it. Yeah. I think uh, did, it, did anybody else notice that it was exactly the same scoreline and the way the goals went in was exactly the same as the last time we played Wigan at Vale? Yeah, there was just no red card this time, was there? Yeah. And Oops I didn't, didn't score the third. Yeah, I didn't notice it, but Mark Bagley's newsletter did for me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't noticed until he said it. But yeah, let's get into it then. Johnny, you've spoke about your pre-match comments. Mark for Crosby, the coaching staff and the sports let's, 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 before, before we get into that, the, the ratings, let's do ref watch first. Let's get that out of the way. Go on then, because I thought for 60 minutes, the referee had a good game. Thought he had a decent game for 60 minutes. It was an easy game for him, ref, for 60 minutes because we just controlled the ball. They couldn't get near us. Played a good advantage for our second goal where that their leg goes diving in on Ollie. I do question, I know he hasn't made contact with Ollie, but could he have gone back and booked him because it was reckless? But I thought he had a good game for 60 minutes. Wigan pulled a goal back, the pressure ramped up, and he completely lost control of that game of football absolutely lost control of it and for 30 minutes you didn't know what was going to happen because the ref was just that poor for the last 30 minutes so overall he probably gets a five because for 60 minutes he was good then for 30 minutes terrible callum McManaman got away with quite a bit when he come on just just before you go into the detail yeah the first booking was the 59th minute and there was nine in total so that that backs up everything you've said. The, yeah, the yard cards came like, like it was Christmas. Yeah, and I didn't realise that. For me, probably could have been the Wigan lad that went down when Conor Ripley come out and he was looking for a penalty. Yeah. He's, the ref has clearly indicated that he thought there was a dive there. Why he hasn't booked him, I don't know. Well, I think he did book him. It, it was He booked him and Ripley for the, for the reaction. And I think that's the issue. That what it was that was the second time that had happened in the game. Why was that? That I thought that was earlier than sixty minutes. But obviously not if the first booking wasn't till fifty nine. 
Well, well, it says it says Ripley and Z were both booked on the 80, 85th minute, and that was after we'd scored the third. Yeah, wasn't that when Callum yeah. McManaman ran into Connor Ripley when he got booked? Oh, was he? I, I just I it remember certainly wasn't that one. In fact, it definitely yeah. wasn't that one because that was in the first half because they were attacking the Amaland. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, and he got away without a booking, which I thought was wrong from the referee. However, I do know I've seen that Gadge's put his son as the ball boy behind that goal. And he says there was contact and he probably got a closer view than anyone. Didn't see that myself, but, you know, whatever. But the ref hasn't given a penalty. So, if there's contact, it's a bad refereeing decision. And if he says yeah. there's no contact, he should have booked him for diving because you could tell he was trying to get the veil player Ripley booked and win a penalty. But, yeah, I thought for 60 minutes, though, the ref did well. And, as you say, completely lost it after that in some real bizarre decisions after that. Andy, you were going to add something? Um, yeah, just that first half where the um, the one where Ripley comes tearing out of his goal, I couldn't really see it well because of the post that was in front of me. But a few other people around me said that we maybe got away with one a little one one there. Uh, Ripley Ripley's got to be careful, hasn't he? Particularly with the the dive right at the end, just after we'd scored the third. Um, he's already on a booking at that point. He didn't need to be um, shouting the odds and, and squaring up with with that lad. Um, but yeah, I, I agree totally. Um, it did seem to just the game just became chaotic, and every tackle was. There's a point where it felt like every tackle was a yellow card. Did you notice that keeper got booked as well for kicking the ball at our players um, celebrating? No, yeah, but did you, see, did you see what our blaster did? I saw he did something to wind him up. He, he ran. He ran. He ran past him, laughing at him. So obviously, I think it, something's obviously happened there between the both of them. But if, if you watch the video and watch Ollie as he runs past, he's got a proper cheesy grin on his face and he says something, and the keeper picks the ball up and boots it at him, misses by a mile. But right, no, I didn't see that, but I did see on the pitch side video that the players ran off celebrating, and then the ball come across, and I just assumed one of the Vale players had kind of punched it out of his hand and kicked it away to. Supposedly no. the time, if you look no at the goal cam video, stuff. you can see him launch it. Right, and yeah. what the goal and the ref video. coming right up to him and booking him. And yeah, he, he was getting a bit of stick off the um, the Hamill as well. I think it's because he's got a funny name. Yeah, and Johnny, you were obviously on about the dive at the end where Ripley did get booked. I was on about the one the first half where their lad come tearing through and Ripley come tearing out and slid in. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, there was there was two instances that really pissed me off in that second half. So that Jordan Jones got booked for the foul on Alfie Devine, and Alfie Devine then got booked for the reaction. Now, yeah, them usual things where there's a bit of handbags, because that's all it was. Devine wants happy, a bit of pushing. Both usually get a booking, and then it's on your way. But yeah. to book one of them and not the other just baffled me. No, and, I agree with that. Well, the same thing happened then with 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 the handbags in the penalty area as well, where where there was a bit of pushing and shoving. McManaman didn't get. I think McManaman had got booked in the sixty seventh minute for, and that he then booked Barmer for the for pushing and Massey, but didn't book uh, McManaman for the tackle. And it was just like it was just all a bit. It was all a bit chaotic refereeing. Yeah, um, that way agree. Agree. He did that thing where, if in doubt, give a yellow card a piece, which I think is the preserve of a referee who doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, it's a referee that's lost control of the game, and that's exactly what happened 
Wigan scored, the pressure built up and he hadn't got a clue how to handle that pressure. And what he did is start dishing out yellow cards to try and bring the game back into control. However, his refereeing caused that because, as you say, it was just chaotic. So, like I say, for 60 minutes, really good. But it was a very easy game to ref for 60 minutes. Andy, you could have gone and ref that first 60 minutes. It was a very easy game. But then after that, it got difficult and he hadn't got a clue how to control it. I don't know how experienced he is, whether that's one of his first games sort of that's got tough. But, yeah, completely bottled it. But that's Ref Watch brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. If you need your glasses repaired, get yourselves over there. Maybe if the referee had done that on the 60th minute, we wouldn't have had the chaotic 30 minutes that we had. But unfortunately, his glasses had broke and he hadn't got a fucking clue what to do after that. So, yeah, that's it. Johnny, Crosby, coaching staff and sports science substitutions. A mark for that. Yeah, um, it's it's an eight. Um, right 11. Got the result. Kept kept their heads and stuff like that. But I, I still I still think, like... At two 0 up, you need to be in. You need you need to take control of it properly. Um, you can't. We're not going to win. Let's be fair. If if you go two up and concede two, you you you're going to end up dropping more points in your game over the course of a season. Um, so so we've got we've got to sort that out. But yeah, the football on show was good. The the attacking intent was positive, um, and overall things felt the things he did felt right. Yeah, and the sports science substitution is a little tongue-in-cheek because actually I've got no issue with them taking Conor Grant off after 60 minutes, although I do think it changed the game because we lost a little bit of, and that's no disrespect to Tom Sang, I thought we lost a little bit of control down the left on that just because Grant's left foot, it gives you that balance there, but I totally understand why Conor Grant's coming off after 60 minutes. What I don't get my head around is when sports science are bringing an 18 and 19-year-old lad off after 60 minutes because they should be yeah. able to do more than that. So it was tongue-in-cheek if anyone's taken that, you know, wrong. But hey, I'm always taking the piss. Andy, any other comments? Um, go back to the referee. Go on, man. 23 years old, he says here. Kind of why he lost his bottle, man. Yeah. Um... And that's not saying don't bring young refs through either. It's just saying that it's probably the first time that's happened to him. It does feel like a lot of refs are being fast-tracked very young these days and maybe they're not getting enough experience under the belt before they get thrown into professional football. I don't know. Um, the liner as well you mentioned on, on your side, on the paddock Oh, yeah, side. I didn't pick up with her on RefWatch, did I? That's because... um, the lady who did the Swindon game. Right, well, the Stephen Humphreys one right on off before half-time, it was about three yards offside and she hadn't got a fucking clue. Um, and then second off, Chizzy was about three yards offside on one where he was out wide and she hadn't got a clue. And that's, again, don't take, I'm saying she because she was a lady. I'm not having a dig that she's a lady there. Could have been a male or female. The assistant referee on that side hadn't got a clue. And I don't think she got an offside decision correct during the 90 minutes of football. Yeah, fair enough. It's uh, yeah, Lisa Rashid who, who missed the Mal Benning handball. I'll let her off for this weekend's performance, then. Yeah. And, interestingly, because I know you go these games, it's the same referee that um, ref the Newcastle under-21s game. Oh, when they kicked us off the park? Yes. Right, I didn't realise that, and yes. Bullied by under-21s team. Yeah. And they were allowed to kick us off the park because the ref wasn't strong enough on that night. So there you go. 
There we go. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's refs watch. Andy, anything to add on Johnny's comments on Crosby and the oh, team? Crosby. Um, I think I covered it all earlier. Um, yeah, it's what we need. If, if we're going to play that side of football, we need to just be off of your quicker about how we go about it. Um, we were crisp. Passing was good. We were we were doing a lot of things that we've always been doing, even during the bad run. But we looked like a threat, and we looked like we were putting Wigan out of their comfort zone. And, and far too often this season, we've played nice football, but you get the impression the other team aren't out of their comfort zone. So um, that's more or less the level we need to be at if we if we want to play that brand of football, really. Yeah, and I'm with you. The only thing I wanted that is. To me, it looked like a slight tweak to the formation. The wing-backs were definitely 10 yards further up the pitch. And maybe that's just because we were controlling the game and we were on the front foot. However, Massey was playing as a right winger. Conor Grant was playing as a left midfielder. He was maybe a little bit more defensive than Massey. But there was a kind of tweak there. And I also felt as though Chizzy, a lot of that first half and second half, was playing as a second striker. And rather than playing the two holding midfielders, two number 10s, Felt to me as though we were playing three midfielders because Ojo, Divine, and Arblaster were all kind of deep and pushing at the same, you know, just sorting it between each other. But they were three centre midfielders, and Chizzy was kind of given free reign of just play off Garrity. And at times, he was actually further forward than Garrity. And for me, there was a tweak in the formation there, which Andy Crosby's got to take a lot of credit for because we looked a hell of a lot more dangerous than we have all season. I'd add to that as well that I thought it looked like uh, Deborah was playing like an orthodox right back and Massey is a right winger. Yes. Very old school. Yes. And like I say, there was definite tweaks to that formation that helped us win that game of football. Go on, Johnny. I was just I was just dying, it's okay. Oh, don't do that. Or yeah. if you're going to at least wait till the pod's uploaded. All right then, mate. I'll try. Oh, thank you. Maybe wait till after tomorrow as well, because you probably won't go there. Yeah, probably. You might never see us in a quarter-final ever again of a major competition. Exactly. Hopefully you will, though. Hopefully you will. Who knows? Maybe this is the start of a revolution at the Vale. Well, Andy, you were literally about to say something. No, I, I was just saying, last time we were in a quarter-final of a major competition was when we sent uh, Stanley Matthews and Blackpool packing, wasn't it, in 54? Yes. So there's every chance I could see another one then. 54, which is what, 40, 50, 60? No, Johnny. So, no. 70 well, seasons. 54? Yeah, 70 seasons ago. You think yeah. you'd have to live to be 100. Yeah, that's not impossible. I'm, I've, that, body, my body is a temple. Well, the temple's ruined and needs rebuilding if you're going to make it to 100. <laughs> Fucking hell. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to put down my pizza that I was eating. <laughs> if I make it to 100, I won't have my marbles. I'll, I'll probably be just sat staring at the wall in a home or something. So well, You'll have your dominoes with you. <laughs> True. Yeah. Hey, got to beat a game of doms. But hey, let's go on then. Johnny, starting with you. The Veiled team sat, they brought to you by Johnny's Micropub. We went down for a few pints after the game, more than a few to be fair. St. John's Square, Burson will be open again this weekend. Get yourselves in there and have a pint. Johnny, in goal, Super Connor Ripley. Yeah, do you know what? He, he, he came out and he smothered that, um, that clear-cut chance really well. 
Um, and apart from that, he didn't really have an, a lot to do other than pick the ball out of his net. But I thought his kicking was brilliant. His commander, his area was, was what we expect. Um, and overall, pretty standard game for you for your goalkeeper. So six out of ten for him. Well done, Connor. Let's move on. Yeah, that's fair enough, Andy. Yeah, I mean, there were two shots on target and there were two goals, so I don't think he made a save all game, did he, really? But um, he's kicking that I've been questioning myself. as You know, at the start of the season, we were all raving about his kicking. And fairly recently, I've been wondering, is is it all that good? Or is, is the running, you know, the, the runs that players make for him, has that been a bit off? It was much better. Um, distribution, good. And he's just a real leader and a real shithouse, isn't he? I mean... Um, Absolutely loving winding the Wigan fans up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I want to say. Yeah, so um, fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. And I've got nothing to add to what you two have said. You've pretty much covered Connor Ripley. There's nothing more to add there, really. So moving on for the rest of them, I'm sure we're all three of us are going to go for the same man of the match. However, there's a lot of players that are in the conversation. And this is the first one that's in the conversation for me, but didn't get it. Jesse Deborah, fucking hell, and he's becoming some player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, he was... Any other day, that sort of performance would probably be in right in contention for man of the match. As he is, he's not really anywhere near, and that's not, not a criticism of him. It's just that there were some very good performances and some very, very good performances. And he's... Looking, just everything seems to be clicking for him at the moment. Things seem to just be working, particularly on the ball. He seems a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident. He's developing a relationship with Gav that, you know, for me, they could be cemented in the team for the next few games because Stemper looked to have something really good going there at the moment. And I'm, I'm really, really happy with how it's going really I, I didn't really expect this much from him so early um i know he's a little bit it reminds me a little bit of anthony gardner in the sense that they, they've both got pace that gets them out of trouble um whereas you'd rather not make little mistakes in the first place but i mean he's he's still on a learning curve isn't he so um really really happy with him really pleased and um Let's keep it going for Tuesday, tomorrow, or today, is probably most people are reading the, uh, listening to this. Yeah, you're spot on. And as you say, um, he's on a learning curve. I, don't, I haven't got it in front of him, but he's probably played less than 10 games in the Football League as we speak. So to be where he is now is unbelievable for me. And I love the bloke. He's brilliant. And Johnny, if you're talking about your stats, he got the pre-assist for the opening goal because he's the one that got forward and laid it to Massey. Yeah, him, him and Massey, him and Massey seem to have a real good partnership de- developing. And it, it did feel a little bit more like Andy said as a, as a right back and a right winger rather than a centre off. But yeah, the one criticism of Jesse is he needs to get on the end of things more in the other box. Mm. A bloke of his size could be dangerous if if you can get that sorted. But that's that's clutching at straws in a game where. I thought he was brilliant. I thought his energy was fantastic. I thought the fact that he, he never seemed rattled with any any of the people that they put up against him. 
Johnny Smith in the first half didn't get any change out of him. They, they made a change and Cal McManaman didn't really get anything out of him either and stuff like that. So there was a lot of there was a lot of times where you saw the naivety in the first couple of games of, of Deborah and you saw him put a tackle in where he probably shouldn't. And in, in the space of nine games, it's completely changed. He, he seemed cool, he seemed calm. He's collected. He's he backs himself, which I think is important. Crosby again touched on the fact that he came knocking on the door at Derby, asking why he wasn't starting. And I love that. I love that he backs himself and wants to know what he can do better. And yeah, any 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 other game, you 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 you're talking. He's one of three man of the matches um, because then there's another two players that were on par with Jesse. Um, but yeah, so. For me, it's it's an eight out of ten. It's solid, solid performance, um, and hopefully, it's it's catch twenty two, isn't it? We haven't had the tribunal yet with him, and if if people keep seeing him play like this, is that going to affect the value long term? Yeah, yeah, could do. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. And news coming in, according to Twitter, them down the road have just appointed the new manager. Yeah, Stephen Schumacher. Yep, Stephen Schumacher. Let's hope it's a car crash there. Um, <laughs> Andy Space says it's all. So, yeah, it's Jesse Debra. It's a bit dark, that is. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, say, let's be... hope he doesn't ski into a tree. <laughs> I wasn't going that far. And I'm not talking a literal car crash. I just mean they carry on losing games of football. Just to clarify again. <laughs> Moving on, Johnny, the man in the middle. My mate, I want a pint with him. I love the bloke, Jason Lowe. Uh, yeah, Jason Lowe. <laughs> You've gone. Yeah, I have. Hang on. Give me a minute. <clears throat> yeah, look, J- <laughs> Jason Lowe. Um, look, he's the experienced head at the back that we need. He's... He talks non-stop. He must be one of the most annoying blokes in the world to play football next to because he doesn't shut up. And like, whilst that's really helpful, I reckon at, at times he's just commentating, and yes, Jason, that's fine. You're on the ball. You've got time, Jace. Right, put it out wide, Jace. And then he's screaming at Jesse Deborah and um, Kofi Barmer, the other side, to go and do the stuff that he's just been talking. Like, every time you look at him, he's pointing, he's talking. He's, he's, he's such a godsend for the team. What he does need to do is he needs to stay switched on for 90 minutes because that's twice in two games where he's switched off literally for a second and two good strikers have peeled off him. Because let's be fair, Kane Emmons and Charlie Wyke are good strikers and they've peeled off him and got a goal from it. So he does need to he does need to improve on that. Um, but overall, solid performance, really helps the team and it's a seven for Jace. Yeah, and if he wasn't so needed on the pitch, he could come and sit next to me and commentate to me for 90 minutes. Andy, <laughs> Jason Lowe. Yeah, I'll echo all that. Um, I, I like the way he got an idea of what he's doing with the ball when he gets it, and he's moving it quickly, he's moving it crisply. Uh, you can see why we've decided to go for someone like him in the centre of the three rather than Smithy, who... You know, there'll be there'll be days when maybe we want an Nathan Smith in the middle of the three. Um, but from 
in, in terms of control of the ball, um, having him and Ojo as your sort of your backbone is is really important to the way that we play. So um, yeah, it's just like like Johnny says, you know, we, we need to to be a little bit tighter and, and not and, and not concede the goals that, that we have done. Um, but um, it, it looks like a for me, it looks like two of the three places in the centre of defence are. Um, Assorted now, are, are pretty much theirs to lose, and it's Deborah and Lowe. Um, it's just just the third one that's maybe there's a question mark over who who wants to go out and grab that. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough to say. And we'll move on to that third one, Andy, who on Saturday was Kofi Barmy, who I thought was excellent for sixty minutes, and then his head went when he made a mistake. Yeah, um, it's one of those mistakes where as soon as it happens you think this is going to cost us here this this is a goal and I, I don't know why it just had that feel about it as soon as they got in behind us you, we knew we were in trouble it's just and, and, and again he's another one who's come back from injury and he's building up match fitness and maybe any longer than an hour is a little asking a bit much of him now which is um, a bit of a a bit of a shame, really, because you'd want him to maybe get some reserve team action or, or something, uh, which we could have got in the old days, or even you know we could have arranged reserve practice games when we had um, when we didn't have so many midweek games. But we've got to go with what we've got, um, and yeah, he, he did he did well. Um, it wasn't exactly I wouldn't say he was uh, hugely put under pressure, maybe until. Um, did they bring McManaman on before he went off? Yeah, they did. Yes. Yeah, because I think for for all these faults, McManaman, he's a bit of a he's he's a bit of a rum character, isn't he? But as as a footballer, I thought he was excellent. Well, you know, you've seen him play in the Premier League, and you've seen him do decent things when he was at Wigan. Did he leave and come back to Wigan? Yeah, yeah he's, I think I think he's been Wigan three times now. So yeah, you know, I remember I remember coming through, and you know he he was an exciting talent, but then he seemed to be wasting it through poor choices, and and he'd do some horrendous tackles as well. So he's a bit of a nutter, but he's a, he's a great footballer, and I think I think that was a real test for him. Um, so I'm not surprised he came off when he did, um, but I think a few more games under his belt, and we can sort of accurately more more accurately see. Where he's up to, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I really like Kofi, and I thought for 60 minutes he was excellent. Johnny? Yeah, look, the mistakes are bad, and um, it, it's not... It, it's one of them where he probably gets too tight to his man and he just slips him, and then he was just treading water, chasing backwards. Well, so, no, it started with a miscontrol, didn't it? Because he come in the air and Kofi went to chest it down and rather than bringing it down it kind of bounced off him yeah but I think if, if you watch where their lad nicks it he kind of he kind of Kofi's still going forward at that point and, and, With and yeah has to, like, has to fully stop himself to turn so then as he's going the other way it felt a bit a bit slow and looked all in a bit slow motion um, but yeah like, these things happen don't they it's not at the end of it, hasn't cost us the game, but he's got, he's got to cut them out. He wants to play at a higher level. He's a little bit older in terms of what your average 
youngster going out on loan, is at 22. So he he's, he is a little bit older. So he's got to, He's got to improve that. Um, but yeah, overall, he he played really well. He's good. He's good with the ball. His feet. He's he's quick for a big lad. He's good, he's decent in the air, and there's there, there's a lot a lot of stuff there that you can't teach that Kofi's got. Um, we we've just got to decide what we do with that left hand side now, because it feels like we've got four players for one position. Mm. Yeah, probably. But yeah, um, Kofi six for Kofi. I think he was on for a solid seven, but. Like you said, that twenty minutes after McManaman come on and the, the 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 slip for the goal and stuff, he kind of maybe ran out of gas, shall we say, rather than anything else. Yeah, for me, probably slipping concentration. He'd had it fairly easy defensively up to that point, and I think a different game he probably just add to that ball forward where he was trying overconfidently bring it down, keep possession, and go again. He'll learn from that. He's a young lad, and as you say. He's older compared to the others, however, probably got less experience compared to others because Palace signed him from part-time football in Ireland. So he hasn't got yeah. the years of football that the others have got. And he will learn from that. And he's one that I think we probably have got a realistic chance of keeping permanently. And I'd love us keeping permanently. He'll learn from that big time. Yeah, I can't argue with any any of that. I just think like I say it's it, it's it's how it's how you learn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he's got learn from that. Get it out of his system. We won the game. And if he's picked tomorrow night, he's going to have a bigger test. So let's see how he does there. Moving on, Johnny, on the right, would have been my man of the match ball for the obvious. And I thought he was unbelievable. He's had some stick over the last 18 months, but the crowd responded to his performance. Gavin Massey, what a performance yesterday. Look, it's easy when you do, easy when you do what, what you want. A winger to do, isn't it? Like, Vale fans have been spoilt over the years with 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 quality wingers. Massey did what you want a quality winger do. He got yeah. he got dust on his boots. He every time he got the ball, I don't remember him going backwards. I hope he's got chalk on his boot, not dust. Dust chalk. It depends. It depends what it is. If it's if it's if it's Stoke on Trent, it probably is dust. Well, it could be, yeah. Josh Thomas is getting dust on his boots at the moment because they're not being used. Hopefully, Massey got chalk. Yeah, what one and the same. Stop being pedantic now. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to, back to the point. He, ne- he never looked like going backwards. He picked the ball up well. And he, he's now done in two games what we all want to see a winger do. He got it out of his feet, whipped it in, and been clever with it as well. Like, you look at who you're hitting... You, you you float one in or you, you, you whip it in at six-foot level and we're probably not going to win the headers, but he's put it in at a good level. It's take, taken two good finishes because they are the simple finishes, but the good finishes. And that's all come from Massey. Neither of them neither of them finishes happen if he's not beating his man and whipping it in. And what I loved about it was every time then, his tail was up and he just... Seemed like he, he he had he had this confidence. He had a bit of a swagger about it, and yeah, just just quality by Massey. So he gets a nine for me. He was second in my man of the match. Yeah, uh, second in my. But yeah, look if if we if we keep if if we keep seeing performances like that, then 
my God, I'm more than happy, but probably the yeah. third time we've said this about Massey and the same's happened the other the other two times. So he he's on a similar sort of last chance saloon, really. Yeah, and let's be honest, he isn't going to put performances in like that every single week. He can't, but you want to see him trying them sort of things, beating his man, which they were shit scared of. I know, obviously, it was his old club, so whether that gave him a bit more, I don't know. But Crosby said he'd had a talk with him and he held his hands up and says, actually, I was probably asking him to do the wrong things for his style of football. I was asking him to defend and Mass is better as a winger, getting forward, taking men on, getting balls in the box. And for me, he put different, as you've already sort of alluded to, Johnny, he picked the right ball for the right occasion. When it was Chesley running in, it was low and hard. When he saw Garrity at the back post, he floated over, he had Garrity a chance of winning it. But I can't remember Massey wasting a ball into the box and thinking, He's made the wrong decision there. Every time he got in the position, he put quality in the box, which, as we've already said on another day, we could have scored six or seven. Andy, Gavin Massey. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Um, I don't know whether maybe Wigan played a little bit too narrow um, and he just seemed to get a lot of joy out of that. But he always seemed to be in the right position to be an outlet. And there was all, he was always there to for the like the big switch or to spread the ball out to him. And he was away down the wing, and normally sort of Deborah was backing him up. Uh, he was he was excellent. He's probably as good as I've seen him. Possibly his best game in the Vale shirt um, yeah. that I can remember him playing. And I'd, after the Shrews game, I, I didn't really have a go at him, but I thought we just weren't using him because when when you're trying to open up teams who are sitting in, you've you've got to use the width of the pitch, and he, he's got to he's got to make dummy runs even if he's not being used and he just felt as though he it was all a bit static and may, maybe we were we were telling him to do things that weren't really suiting him um i mean i could have told you that defending is not going to be a, a big part of his game and we and it it felt like a lot of the time he was just an orthodox old school right winger um on saturday he didn't seem like a you know i, I don't remember him doing a great deal of defensive work but um, perhaps we just had that all sorted and, you know, in terms of his defensive duties were covered by other people and we m- made it work for him to just get forward and, and keep looking forward rather than having to turn backwards and, and look at defending. So uh, it was phenomenal. Um, again, he's not even the second choice for man of the match, unfortunately, really? but... Um, but he was any other day, he would have been a, a huge contender. Yeah, yeah, it was second for me. But as I said earlier, there's a lot of players that you could talk about. However, I'm sure one's going to win it off all three. But a lot of players had an exceptional game. I'm moving on across the midfield, Andy. Last Christmas, I gave you my art, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to Funza Woja. Yeah. Um... I thought, you know, he's he's played better. I don't think he had a bad game, but I've seen him play a lot better than that. Um, but still, he had enough about him to do the things he needed to do and, and um, let let the younger players with the younger legs just uh, do his running and things for him. I thought he was nice and tidy, disciplined. Um, I don't know when he started struggling with his injury, uh, whether that had anything to do with things, but 
uh, he, he's, he gives us great balance um, and he, he allows the the likes of our Blaster and Divine to you know to, to go in and do the running and I hope he's not in too much trouble it sounds like he's touch and go for tomorrow night so we'll have to see how it goes with him yeah it sounds like it I fully expect him in that starting 11 when he walked off the pitch he wasn't limping or anything see them the pitch side I fully expect him in that starting 11 he's the sort of game that you'd play with a knock through and you tell the sports scientist to shove his laptop up his arse if he said you couldn't play Johnny, Funzo out, yeah. Yeah, it's Funzo, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? He, he keeps he keeps the midfield ticking. He's he's very good at what he does. He helps out the back three, especially in the kind of way that we were playing. He he became the back three sometimes, um, which made let Jesse go to right back and stuff like that. So there's there's a lot of a lot of positives from it. Um, I agree, it was one of his quieter games. I thought we'd seen him play better, but by no means does that mean it was a bad one. And if that's Funzo at a an average game, then we're more than happy with that, aren't we? So for me, seven out of ten, good performance. Um, maybe doesn't help when you mate next two years having a worldie though. Well, mates next to you. Well, yeah, mates. Yeah, but yeah, with you both on that, and as I say. I can't see him not playing tomorrow. I really can't, but let's see. I'm moving on. I'm going to go with my formation rather than Sky's because I thought we played three across the middle. So the first one, moving on, Johnny. Oli Blaster. that second goal, that assist, sexy as fuck. I've, I've seen the replay of that second goal four times and I'm still passing to Conor Grant every single time. So it just that just shows the difference between a lad that's going to play at the top level of English football and a lad that's sat on a sofa after eating his pizza um, because I still and, can't see that pass. And let's rewind even further, that turn in midfield where he skipped past their lad who tried to break his legs and off. Oh, yeah. that I think I, the, the best thing about it is the lad that tried breaking was probably had his own ankles broken by the turn, hadn't he? Yeah. It was beautiful. Look, all, all his, all his personality is starting to shine through when he plays football. And that's that's the sign of confident young lad. Is he a bit cocky and arrogant? Yeah, he is at times, but I love it. Like I say, when when we scored the third, how he how he runs past tickle and like starts taking the piss out of him. Obviously, something's happened there. Like obviously, something's happened, and um, he's he's giving a bit of banter. Do they know each other from the England setup? Possibly. Because I know Tickle's been in and around that um, that that setup, so may, maybe it's just a bit of friendly banter. But yeah, throughout the game, he's picking it up. Him and Alfie have got this relationship together that I've not seen from a pair of centre midfielders in a long while at Vale. Like you see that they have this instinct to find each other, and then what you say, like, again that assist. It's through the eye of a needle. It's a perfect weighty ball, and it's just it's just all blasters back to his best. I think he'd struggled for a couple of weeks, and which is fine. He's a kid; he's first taste of football. That that was always going to happen, but he's come out of it, and he's he's shining again. And I'm just going to have to reiterate: never fall in love with a lone player. And you're going to tell me it's too late, but it's too late. It's, yeah, it's a nine for Ollie as well. 
he was third, just behind Gav. Um, but yeah, if you're getting performances like that, yeah, we're we're going to be hard keep keeping for the next for for any more than the next three weeks. But don't say that to me, Johnny. I've I'm going with I'm going with he's going back, and the longer we keep him, the the better it feels. Because then when he when he does go back, I'm not going to be as heartbroken. I am, Andy, the blasty. I was I'm almost tempted to say something really controversial about man of the match, but I don't know if I dare say it. Go on, say it. I I thought that Oli Blaster was the best player on the park on Saturday. Yeah, and I don't think anyone will argue against you for that. Because, well, as, I, as I said earlier, there's a lot of plays in contention. Maybe the best player on the pitch isn't the one that's getting man of the match for obvious reasons. Yeah, I mean, can you can you give the man of the match to anyone else when, when they've scored a hat-trick? It's hard. Yeah. That, that, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> that. That's that's the dilemma um, because we've seen Oli Blaster play well today. Uh, so to keep saying today. Saturday was an, another level above again. I, I thought he was just absolutely un, unplayable. I, I tell people keep an eye out for this lad when he's left Vale because he, he's going places, and they they's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I bet he is. And I can't really stress how how good he is. Um, that yeah, that that turn um, for the second goal. If you if you look at it as well, if you there's a you know that ten minute video on YouTube with a really poor sort of commentary from someone who obviously wasn't at the game and did it afterwards. Um, they just show you us knocking the ball around the midfield, tempting their lad who was marking our blaster to press the ball. Um, we beat the press. Our blaster um, sidesteps another bloke who'd come out of the defence to close him. And all of a sudden, he's there's a huge... There's a couple of huge gaps for him to pass to Grant on one side and, and the ball through a gaping hole in the middle for Chislet. Uh It's just really clever work how we engineered that um, space for, for him to to get that assist. Um, but he's... I'm, I'm running out of words to describe Ali Blaster. He's possibly the best player I've ever seen at the Vale. I'm trying to think, is, is there anyone better? Certainly not at his age, but technically speaking, is... I mean, I was talking about this on Saturday night in, in, in the pub, and it was like Ray Walker, maybe. Um... But yeah, that's the sort of bracket we're talking about is is who has played for Port Vale in your lifetime, who is a better quality player. And, and it's it's there aren't many on the list, if any. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. That's fair. And I'm sure people will give us the odd name. Maybe I should say Ray Walker. Maybe some people would say Robbie when he broke through, although I think rather than being technically as good as Ollie, he was probably more of a machine. So, yeah, it's, there isn't many, let's put it that way, if any at all. So, yeah, the blaster, let's hope he doesn't go back in January. You're right, Johnny, I can see it. And if he does, there'll be tears shed in the Beddysford household. Well, there'll be tears shed all, all across the Vale family, but, mate, 
it's no disrespect for Alfie here, but if you if you if you put both of them together and said one of these has been capped at every level at England and has won has won things, you're only picking Ollie out. Alfie's not a million miles behind, but Ollie looks like he's been playing this game for fifteen years at at, at, at this level. It doesn't it doesn't seem difficult to him and that's that's a massive credit to him. Yeah. Unless anyone from Sheffield's listening is shite. Yeah, if, if if you're listening to Sheffield, he, he's awful. I don't release him yeah. now. Yeah, release him and just skip him to the face. Sheffield United's um like development official development squad Twitter just posted a video of, of the second goal and just was purring about that Oliver Arblaster assist. Earlier well, today, so so you just know. reply Andy and say he did nothing. Then the rest of the game is awful. <laughs> leaving where he is. I'll I'll give it a go. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure they'll listen to you. Nobody else does. Well, I'm sure they do. Moving on across the midfield, as I said, I got it as a midfield three, and it's Andy. It's you first. So next to him, his other mate from the England under-21s, who I thought was also up there in contention. But again, because other players had such a good game, he's not getting in the top three. Yeah. Um, a star man, Divine. Any other day, Divine would would be a huge contender for man of the match. He's his best game in a Vale shirt, definitely since he's been here. Um, and just... Everything you want to see from him, um, he did. He's, he's busy. He's quick. He's got really good feet. He's he had space to run into. And I think when we play the two sixes and the two tens, and we've got um, another team sat in, um, we we're trying to play through. He's not going to find those gaps. He's not going to f- find spaces to run into. Whereas in a three, maybe it just works a bit better for him to to play his sort of game. Um, a bit like um, we saw at, at Mansfield, but yeah, he, he was really—he's another one that's an excellent player. And maybe it's just that Arblaster's eclipsed him a little bit. If Arblaster did go back and Divine stay for the rest of the season, we might see a different Alfie. He might shine a bit more. I don't know, but he's—he's um, he's another one, isn't he? <laughs> Bloody hell! Um, we we just need to to get him doing that just a little bit more consistently now, but um, what what a player we've got. Yeah. Yeah, and with you, at times I described him on Saturday as gliding across the glass. The glass. Yeah. The grass, even. Johnny, divine. Yeah, look, he's the... Him, he, him and Willow are the only two players that have got the, that running style where they don't look like the the touching the grass as they're running. They just make it look so easy. And what I love about him is that he's not your... When he came in, I thought he was kind of going to be your luxury player, shall we say. I thought he was going to go in and out of games, thought he was going to go missing. And he did for a few weeks. Um, whereas the last couple of times I've seen him, He's rolled his socks up. He's he, he's dug in. He's he's got stuck in. He's not scared of getting involved in the 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 dark side of it, sort of thing. Like like I say when he got when he got smashed, he was straight up wanting a little scrap with, with with him and stuff. And like I like that sort of tenacity from a player. But he then backs it up by the fact that he's got so much ability at his feet. And like I say, 
when I was saying about Ollie looking like he's he's done, he, he's got all the accolades that Alfie's got. That's not disrespectful to Alfie because Alfie's got them. So he, he's got a massive future ahead of him. He's got a different pathway. He's probably two three years off being involved at Spurs, whereas Ollie's probably two three months off being involved at Sheffield United. Um, but yeah, I think what. I'd like to see from Ollie, Alfie, sorry, is to start where he's been starting a bit deeper. Because I feel like when he's got 20 yards to run with the ball in front of him, that's when we see the best of him. Like when he's in when he when he's in your small, small tricky areas, he's he's good with it, don't get me wrong, but he then relies on the person he's giving it to a bit more and whereas in these roles when he's he's driving you up the pitch 20 yards and getting you in a good position and playing playing the ball into a bit of space he looks fantastic so it's it's a it's a great bit of business by the club getting them two in on loan um and yeah it's 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 a it's a big few it's a it's a big few games for both of them to determine where their career in the next 6 months is going but I've just been having a look, like going back to Ollie just quickly, having a look at the Sheffield United development thing. And a lot of their fans are saying, keep him at Vale. Um, it, it's really good learning care for him. A bit like what's happened with James McAtee when Man City kept him at Sheffield United, for example. So yes. um, that'd be nice. And I, so, I like for, the fact that they're saying that. For me, if we're to do anything tomorrow night against Middlesbrough, them two are key. We need to yeah. get them on the ball, running the game, having a go at Middlesbrough, and they've got the quality to do it. If them two get really involved tomorrow, somehow win is that game, and we've got a semi-final of the League Cup to look forward to in January, does that pose a different question then to Sheffield? And does Ollie say, well, wait a minute, I want to crack at the semi-final of the Cup over two legs against the Premier League side? And Sheffield have obviously got the ultimate say, but surely they're going to speak to him and go, You've got to the semi-final of the cup. You've now got Liverpool at Anfield. Does that go in our favour then? Well, I suppose the flip side of it is Sheffield United say, look, we've got a run in and we've got Liverpool, United and Arsenal in the next three, mate, which would you prefer playing? Hmm. They could recall him at the end of January and he does both. Well, yeah, as you say, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And then Andy, he's got a Wembley Cup final to look forward to. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, and then then he has to weigh up whether he wants to stay for another season and for play league. exactly. Yeah, so it's it's, it's going to be some tough decisions really for him and and Chris Wilder. I hope Chris Wilder does the right thing for yes. for us. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd I'd be interested to know how much the the player has a say in it because I have a feeling it's going to be very little in in the sense of what the long game is. So. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's would see. Would be a conversation, wouldn't there? It wouldn't be a case of you are coming back to be. Look, we won't call you back. Let's have a chat. And if he says I don't want to come back, I'm sure they call him back anyway, as you say. But there'd be a conversation. Maybe the long a lot game is. Go on. The, the long game is Sheffield United are more than likely going down regardless. And if they're having to recall an 18 year old to save the season, then it says a lot, really. Um, yeah, I know. And for me, the only way they should call him back, or potentially, is if James McAtee for some reason got called back to Man City, they then need to fill a space. 
while he's there, Ollie's not getting in in front of him at all for me yet. Maybe next season. And for me, the best thing that can happen now is Sheffield United going a bit of a run. They're close to being out of safety and Wilder goes, oh, I can't just play youth players to Bulldog for next season. We want to crack it staying up. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, Could... back to, quickly back to Alfie. Um yeah. an eight for Alfie. I thought he was he was he was really good. Um and we just Ali. need to Yeah. No, I was just and gonna I say was it Ollie you're on about or Alfie? No, Alfie, because we, we kind of digressed back to Ollie. All right, okay. Um it's just because I'm in love with both of them. I just like I say, I just I've I've done I've done the ultimate sim with the lone players. But yeah, eight for Alf. Um and again it's a building building block for the whole team. Yeah. With you. Um I'm moving on. Johnny, it's you next. Connor Grant on the left. Oh yeah, Connor Grant. I forgot about Connor. Um, yeah, look, positive thing with Grant is that he really balances the the, the football out. He, he, we we see him a lot more switched on when we've got him on the left side. Obviously, naturally left footed, but he's never going to pick the ball up, run forty yards past four players. Is he? That's not his game. But what 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 he is good at is his intricate passing. He is probably the other player that Alfie and Ollie have got that sort of fight, fire the ball into, and he he's got that control. We need to we need to keep him fit. We also need to help him out longer term with sort of getting some support in there as well, and we'll we'll have a we'll find some space for a January transfer window pod at some stage. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know when, but we'll find a bit of space. Um, but yeah, so I think with Granty, what I like about him is that he the effort's always there with him. He seems to put it in. He's not he doesn't seem to be scared of his body breaking down. And I think that's important because you see some players that have, have had a few big injuries almost almost seem a bit scared of when's it gonna next happen. He doesn't seem to have that sort of thing going through his head. He puts himself into tackles, he gets himself about. I want to see him on corners a bit more and and, and set plays because that's he's got a reputation for, for having a wonderful left foot. Um but yeah overall decent performance. Thought it was a six, thought it was decent, nothing spectacular, but it's it, it's a building block for him and it's a a nice, nice sixty minutes under his belt, um, and I want to. I just want to see him fit for longer. Yeah, I'm with you. And as you say, I think Conor Grant's always going to be that kind of six. I don't think he's ever going to take the game by the scruff of the neck. But what it gives you is that balance across the side and calmness and just so composed on the ball. Andy Conor Grant. Yeah, I thought he, um, I thought he was nice. You know, he, he wasn't maybe outstanding, but he had a very nice, tidy, good on the ball. Joins in. Um, he seems to know what the pattern is, and he, and he is comfortable on maybe just a little bit more comfortable than Sang in joining in in the final third. Um, he showed himself. He made a really good um, dummy run that um, our blaster used him by not using him. Uh, in the build-up to the second goal. 
Um, I just wonder how much we were just that little bit quicker and sharper on Saturday because we had a natural left footer in the left wing back position. Um, he's, he's had a few full starts in his Vale career so far, and that's probably, you know, without being absolutely blindingly good, that's probably his best game in a Vale shirt yet. Yeah, I think that's all fair. There's some really good points there. Then moving on to the, I'm going to call them a front two, even though one was probably a touch deeper than the other, but not drastically. But for obvious reasons, I'm going to start with Ben Garrity, Andy, the best on earth. I thought Ben had a really good, unselfish game on Saturday. I thought he did a lot of work to make space for others. And if you look at his little run across the front post for Chislett's first goal, uh, that's an example of that, really. He, he makes the space for Massey to just put that ball into that spot for Chizzy. Um, and, and that seemed to be a lot of his game was making unselfish runs, um, pulling defenders around, doing doing the hard part of centre-forward play. And obviously we've decided we need to play a midfielder out of position to do that at the moment, which isn't, you know, we, we've been critical and before. and um, But that's, that's the, he's the best man for the job at this moment in time. So, um Really good, really unselfish, really hard-working performance. Um, I, I'm sure you know he's, he's a good pros pro. He's a he's a he's a sort of player that won't mind letting someone else take the spoils for a change. You say that? Have you watched the pitch side video? No, I, I didn't. I, I just sort of skimmed through it if, at the end of it, and obviously it's tongue and cheek by him, and he's just having a laugh. He runs up to Chizzy and the camera's there and he says, you're not trying to claim that third goal, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was quality from him. Johnny, Ben Garrity. Yeah, I think, Luke, without doing anything where you think, wow, that, that was amazing, he, he was very unselfish. He made the right runs. He created space for people. He kept their, their centre-halves busy all game and... He's a nuisance sometimes, and that's that's really that's really positive for your team when when there's that nuisance up there. And he always seems like can can he get on something? He's got that work rate, he's got that energy to to keep on the keep on running. So it was a steady Bengarity performance, but an effective Bengarity performance. Um, so seven out of ten for me for Ben. Yeah, with you on that. And then I said it was I was going to go to one first, and the reason was leave this mantle last. Johnny, Ethan Cheslett, and I love what Crosby said in his interview about that actually he was thinking about how do I get the best out of Ethan? And at quarter one, they played him every goal and every assist from the last four years to try and give him a bit of confidence, and by God, did it work. Yeah, well, I think, look, we, we've, we've said it for weeks now. We've stopped shooting from outside the box. Not not just him, but we as a team. And that was one of the things that early doors Chizzy was very good at. He, he wouldn't be scared of a pop. Granted, some didn't make it. Some some one flew in top corner sort of things. You know what I mean? But if you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. And Chizzy, his first goal was was brilliant. It's really really good run, well timed, great ball in, poachers finish. What you don't need to say more about that. His second one, again, 
brilliant to stay switched on for that pass in because players, you, how many times have you seen a player switch off when they think the simple ball's to Grant and then Grant's going to fire it across? But brilliant for him to stay switched on, takes it with his weaker foot as well. And another good finish. Question that they may have been offside, but I haven't seen it from a good enough angle to say whether he was or not. A um, couple of their lads seem convinced, but flag didn't go up, so at the end of it, he wasn't. Um, no, I've seen that one from the side. It's actually nowhere near. Is it not? I've, no, I've nowhere near. Yeah, I've I've seen the Bowers commentary that they've they've added to it, and that doesn't really give you the the angle because that's still pretty angled. Yeah, um, nah. And then and then his third goal, partially due to referee incompetence, I'd say. Oh, he pushes him. Right, hang on. Let's take it back. Last season, Bristol Rovers away. For me, they're too different. No, they're not. They're exactly the same. Let me tell you why they're different. Because Chelsea's pushed him, not him. Bristol Rovers away, there's a shoulder barge into the back. If you watch Chelsea's, I think he just leans. I don't think there's a barge. I think he pushes. Fair enough, and I agree. I think nine times out of ten, the ref tends to give him because it's the easy thing to do. But I actually think he just leans into him and then runs off him. I don't think he barges. And the laws of the game says barges as a foul. Leaning isn't. I think, for me, I think if that's going the other way, we're seething. Do any of the Wigan players appeal, including the lad who supposedly was pushed? But no, I haven't, I, I haven't seen them. They don't. Just, None of them appeal. Fair enough, and that—that's that, that using my statement against me because I'm—that—that's—that's that's how I usually have a look at whether things are going, depending on how many appeal. Yeah, and for me, again, it's interpretation. If you interpret it as a barge or push, yes, it's a foul. If you interpret it as a lean, it's not a foul. And for me, it was a lean. But I think I think you've just said nine times out of ten that's given. So I think agree. It is because it's the easy thing to do as a yeah. referee, especially in that part of the pitch as well. It, agree. Technically, obviously, it stops us. It would stop us scoring in hindsight. But if you blow the whistle there, you don't know what's going to happen. So exactly. So it's the easy decision to yeah. get. Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 I'm still. I will go and watch it back, and I will say if if you're right, sort of thing. But. From what from what I've seen, I do I do feel that he's put more hands on him than you probably could get away with. Um, so yeah, that'll be an interesting one. But look, he's had the confidence hit it. He hasn't hit it very well. Um, but um, surprised Crosby didn't say it was a it was a lovely strike because it was exactly the same as Loft's finish that he took the, took the same the same sort of deflection over the keeper. Um, I'm with Ben Garrity. I don't know. I was claiming an hat trick for that. <laughs> but technically it's on target, so it is. Um, but no, all jokes aside, like, it's great for the lad. Um, he he he's been one. He's been a shining light this season in terms of his energy and his busyness. We do need to start seeing that goal return. Now, I think that's four goals and four assists across all competitions. So actually, it's a really good return on paper. But no, we're saying five or six goals because he's got Charlton away. Fleetwood yeah. in the League Cup, didn't he get two against them? 
in the League Cup. I know he got one. He definitely got one. I think he got two. So yeah, I think he got one with a header, didn't he? He got the winner. Yes, and then he got the one from outside the box. Yeah. So that's yeah. so he's got Charlton away where he scored two against Fleetwood, three in this game. So six goals in all competitions. Yeah, fair enough. So it was so six goals and three assists. I think we've got it, got him down at. Right. So. Yeah, well, when when you, when you look at that bat, then that's that's a decent return, isn't it? Especially considering he hasn't actually been involved all that much. He doesn't feel like he hasn't missed many games, though. I'm just, I suppose it a lot have been either off the bench or he's been taken off. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is like, yeah, 17 games, four goals, three assists in the league. That is, so it's not. So we're talking seven goal goal involvements in seventeen, which is a decent return from from your attacking midfielder, isn't it? Yeah, over the course okay. of the season, well, over the course of the season, that's twenty goal involvements. Yeah, which that, I'd, I'd say that's more than more than adequate, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So especially for a side that's been mid table ish. Oh yeah, I think if if if, if you've got a, if you've got a, an attacking midfielder that's that's been involved in 23 goals, I think you're thinking at the end of the season that there might be there might be interest in him. Mm. So, but yeah, look, there's not much more you can say about Chisel's performances other than he's gone, he's got himself an hat-trick, he should have scored four because the one where he chests it onto the bar from a centimetre out, I don't really know how he's got it onto the bar. I don't think he knew a lot about that, you know. I think it's one of them that it's him. Might need sort his chesting ability out then. Yeah, probably. So. I, th- I think if somebody drilled balls into you at chest height and you had to chest them and hit the bar a hundred times, how many do you reckon you'd get on or I over the bar? Someone, if someone drilled the ball in like that, that to me, the ball would end up it going in the net because I my chest would crumble. So, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, we. It, if it's hit, if it's hit him, then yeah, it's just hit him, man. It, but he's he's a yard out. He's a professional footballer. I expect more, Ethan. I'm going to be harsh. You are. I am, yeah. Damn right, I am. It's a, that was a 0.75 unexpected goals. That was Bez. What was our expected goals at the weekend, by the way? Oh, George, oh, I'm, oh bloody hell! I didn't expect this. Right, Shit, well, you find that. Give him a mark. Let Andy talk about him. Then you tell me. He, he gets a nine because no one ever gets a ten. Fair enough. What if that chest one had gone in? Oh, that chest. So tell you, <laughs> the, only time you, the only time you'd get a ten is if it was a perfect hat trick. So. Okay. There you Andy, go. The chest. Does does chest in the ball and count towards a perfect hat trick? No, it'd have to it'd have to come off that snout of his, and it's a pretty decent size. Mm. Um. Right. How do I follow that? I I really don't know what's clicked for him on Saturday, but whatever it was, it it just seemed to work. It just he just had that little bit of an edge that he's been missing recently, and whatever it is, it was just there, and that's why attacking midfielders who can score goals, create assists, goal involvements, all that, that's why they're worth a weight in gold. Um, that that's a that's a performance we've been waiting for 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 quite a while from him for and it just 
hadn't been happening up until now. But um, I'm just hoping that this will kick him on to um, go on and, and do that for the rest of the season because um, you look at where, where the goals are coming from this season and, and apart from Garrity, there isn't a great deal of um, competition for... In, in the in, you, look, you look at the list of the top scorers this season, there isn't really anything out there to trouble Ben Garrity. A strikers don't seem to be doing it. So we, we need to for someone to weigh in from somewhere. And, and Chizzy's... We, we need that for him to be the the platform for him to build on. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Johnny, give me the expected goals for Saturday. I've done him a disservice anyway. It was 0.95 the expected goal from the one on the liners. So he's he's done something fantastic there to miss that. Uh, but expected goals was 3.54 to 0.87. But wow. as I say, it is very skewed by the fact that the chis the chiselet chance was 0.95. Um, so that's quite a quite a big chance in terms of where where people score from what expected goals doesn't take into consideration is what you've both said in terms of how it's about it that is just from standing in that position how many times does the ball end up in the back of the net it doesn't go well we're going to take some off it because it's been drilled at him at face height and it's just it so yeah um but yeah we we scored we, we we had quite a few chances we had couple of half chances sort of thing um in terms of like what what you what you could turn around and say oh well should be a goal Ollie probably had the best chance of the second half where it was blocked closely followed by Alfie's where he hits the post because I think the one where Alfie hits the post is such a good hit um but yeah we were just we were just so complete as a team, and and Chizzy deserved it. Like he he, yeah. he ran his bollocks off. He he, he absolutely deserved it, and yeah, he definitely puts, puts a bit of pressure on him because I think I, I want to see more. Obviously, not more hat tricks, but more hat tricks would be bloody fantastic. But more more goals and goal involvements from him going forward would be would be nice. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And just a quick mention, and very quick, because we've got briefly talk about Middlesbrough and I've got to go bad. Um, Ryan Loft came on. I thought Ryan Loft was fucking brilliant when he came on yesterday. And Crosby said after the Exeter game that he'd spoke to Ryan on the Monday and they kind of gone, right, clean slate, he starts here, go and prove your worth. Didn't go Tuesday, but by all accounts did well Tuesday when he came on. I thought he came on on Saturday, he won headers, and he wasn't just winning headers, he was looking where he was heading it. And a couple of times he added it out wide, which allowed the winger to run onto the ball and got us going forward. I thought he brought the ball down well. He looked like he was getting involved. He looked as though he wanted to be there. And that fucking double tackle, as we've already talked about at the end, where he wins as a throw in, that's what we want from a Paul Vale player. I thought Ryan Loft was excellent. Everyone that's on his back, give the bloke a clean slate because after Saturday, he deserves it. Has he won everyone over, similar to the Crosby conversation? No. But it's a building block for them and go and do it now and get behind the lad he's pulling the veil shirt on. I thought he won more yeah. um he won more flick ons and headers on Saturday than I've probably seen him win in all the other games combined. Yeah, and um, he looks fit, he looks lean. He, he just looked a little bit 
sharper. I mean, I know it's a word I've probably overused a lot tonight, but there seems to be some sort of attitude change. He's showing a lot more willing. Somebody said, um, can't remember if it's Phil said that either that he's moved into the area now, whereas he was commuting before. I don't know if that's true or not, but maybe maybe he's just settling in a bit more. Uh, but you know, if you show the right attitude and you're prepared to work hard, you'll 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 win fans over. And even if you know they don't necessarily rate you as the best player, it'll give you a, a bit of um, a bit of breathing space to 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 do those sort of things. And you know, he, he actually get he helped us protect the lead. And, and I know we were winning when he came on two one, I think, but he actually. Um, yeah, he, he helped to see the the win out at the very end of the game. Yeah, definitely. And Johnny, all you need is love. Yeah, look. You, for a striker, he's still got a long way to go, hasn't he? Um, but things have started. Crosby's now alluded to it a couple of times that there's something more than what we know that's gone on and I think obviously that's only that's only for Ryan to to, to say um, I think it's unfair to speculate in terms of if something's happened that people don't know about etc but we, we we've got him he's a Port Vale player let's let's see what he brings and let's hope he comes good um, but He's, he's he's done the non-negotiables at the minute. He's putting he's now putting the effort in. He looks fit and he's bloody quick because because that that tackle he, he shifts he shifts his body and then it's probably ample on the on the throwing line, but no one no one noticed it. No, but the first tackle was so good where he just waited and just nicked it. Yeah, and then he then then he absolutely nailed the lad as well. That was the yeah. one thing I, I did notice with with what that tackle though. Their lad threw themselves in quite dangerously, mm. um, and that was that was quite interesting because I felt he, he he left the floor two footed for that one. But, but those yeah. are the fine margins between them loading the box, getting the ball into the area with about two or three minutes left to play. And us sort of using up a, a minute just by winning a throw-in. It's just those are what you need to do to see the game out. That that isn't like a nice to have. That is what you've got to really, really do to to close out wins. So that's maybe just a little bit of what we've been missing, particularly when we've been trying to protect a lead. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And for me. He has got that nasty side about him that we talk about Vale are too nice at times. I think he can be a nasty bastard and give us that side. And again, if Ryan Loft starts games of football and plays how he did when he came in on Saturday, Vale fans will be on his side 100%. He just needs to add a few goals now, which he got one on Tuesday. Didn't have the opportunity really Saturday, but we move on and more than happy with Loft playing like that. Johnny, new sponsor. Yeah, so we we move we move on to... Um, the Middlesbrough game, so um, we we host them at Vale Park. And talking about hosting, get yourself over to Skyline Hosting. Um, it's www.skylinehosting.co.uk. Um, they have free website builder, VPS servers, game hosting servers, and a lot more. Um, use the code ALENVALE40 for 40% off your first three months membership. And it's one of the cheapest hosting sites around. Um, none of that means much to me because I'm as 
when it comes to technology, I'm, I'm like you, Bez, and could turn it on and use it. But um, I'm sure that meant something to someone. But yeah. St- probably Andy. Sky- Andy probably meant. Yeah. Andy. Andy probably understands. What's a VPS server, Andy? Come on. Talk to me. A what? A VPS server. Um, virtual something. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I've tried to upgrade it. I've got like a couple of sticks of RAM just sitting on my desk that I don't know how to do with because I can't get them to bloody work. Um, I, I'd have to Google it. So let, let me come back to you on that one. Yeah, sound. But yeah, get, yourself, get yourselves over uh, over to Sky, Skyline Hosting. It's another, it's another, another local business as well. Um, so yeah, Vale fan involved. So if, if you do need anything like that for your your business or for any of your personal needs, then there you go. Nice forty percent off as well, making make making it fantastic for you. Yeah. Virtual private server. There we go. So instead of having like you know you got like a server room at work with all your sort of racks of wires and things in, instead yeah. of having a, a real physical one, you have a server in the cloud and it's all online instead of being real life in a, in a cupboard in 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 like the broom cupboard in of your office or something whatever you know it's that sort of thing i think what if it's blue skies outside and there's no clouds Where's oh, it then? um yeah i don't do technology You've just been a wanker then, though. It was a proper dad joke that was like, I, I, I can't have that tonight. We've got a Middlesbrough preview to discuss. Go on, man. My, my actual dad knows what the cloud is. No, I'm not a technology person. When it comes no. to technology, the best I can say is the computer's the only thing in my life I can turn on. I mean, there we go. I'm, I'm I'm slowly teaching my parents about technology and, and things. They know what a podcast is now, anyway. There we go. Middlesbrough, we've got 10 minutes and I'm getting bad. We've got 10 minutes, right. Okay, well, um, I think we just need to touch on the, the information that's come from Vale um, this week regarding police presence. Yeah. Um, seen a couple of people a bit concerned about that. Vale have said that the price isn't on us, so don't worry about it. And anyone that's concerned about dogs and horses being about, just don't be a dick, and then then you'll be fine. Like it's it's quite it's quite simple, isn't it? Um, the allocated seating side of it, we know this has caused a bit of a fuss um, and stuff like that. But a couple of the stands, Hamill, Warren Street, especially, are allocated seating because. So that we're selling as many tickets as we can. Um, so just, just, just again, don't be a dick. If so, someone, if you sat in someone's seat and they ask you to move, just move and don't cause a fuss. Um, driveway. Get there a, early. Yeah, we're quite used to seeing driveway A closed now. Um, with with the same with Wigan and stuff like that. But yeah, get there early. Fan zones open from five o'clock. So. Yeah. Yeah, they've opened that earlier for a Tuesday. Yeah, which is which is very clever business from them. Uh, but yeah, get there early. You know, there's going to be queues. You know, you know that things are going to be a bit different than than your average home game. So don't leave it till quarter two. 
um, and then moan that you can't walk straight in. Um, and yeah, just 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 enjoy it as the main thing. Cup quarterfinals don't come round every week for teams like us, do they? So I think the big thing is, I'd, if you can be in there for half past seven, um, because Bernie Slaven, Mark Grew, and Ray Walker are going to be on the pitch that the club have announced. So be there for them because them three, as you you and Andy could probably say more than I can, but them three deserve a warm welcome back to Vale Park. Yeah, Bernie Slaven played in the 1993 game at Wembley the first time, well, first and second time was there. Uh, against Stockport and Ray Walker scored against Tottenham in 1988. Yeah, Bernie Slaven got us the, um, the goal that sent us to Wembley as well. He only played for us for a year. Uh, I think that Southampton game where he got the winner yeah. and um, was the last game he played before he moved back up to Darlington, Darlington. I think. Yeah, Darlington. Yeah. Um, Coming towards he, the end of his career when he was at Valencia, experienced player. Yeah, I mean, he made he made a big impact in a short space of time and he became a bit of a cult hero. But, I mean, he was already sort of a well-known player because he'd scored that many goals at, at Borough in, in the top flight. So he, he was one of those strikers that, you know... he. He's a proper player you'd heard of. I and mean, we didn't always sign too many of those up until maybe um, the end of the 80s when, when we got promoted. Um, yeah, good luck. I remember, I remember him scoring a couple of goals against Cardiff um, when we were 2-0 down at home. And it was just really quality finishes. You know, it's one-on-one, picked his spot, in off the post. Um, it was obviously his hat-trick against um, Barnet as well when Foyley scored a hat-trick in the same game. Yeah. Um, I was there for that one as a young lad. I remember that one. Yeah, first home game of that season, six nil, and six we we went down to ten men with a score at nil nil. Peter Billing got sent off for a professional foul, but Barnet had only they'd only just been promoted. They'd um, lost all the side because they were in financial problems and they were a little bit of a shambles, sadly. But um, they're a nice club, Barnet, but <sighs> that wasn't the day at all. Uh, Bernie Slaven, um, great player, great character. Um, I'm, he'll get he'll get a great reception from all four four corners of the ground. And I think yeah. he doesn't he normally or he did radio quite so. He's well known to the borough lads. And isn't he? he's got his own podcast called No No More BS or No something like that. Oh, and oh, oh, yes, yeah. And it's a Middlesbrough podcast. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, loves it. But I have to ask Andy, are you worried about the horses being there? Um, I doubt it. Is, is this a setup to a joke? Yeah, the correct answer was nay. Oh, right, okay. No, Andy, I'm, I'm sure... Are you it'll... concerned about the horses being there? Nay. Hey. <laughs> no, I mean, the police horses, the dogs, the undercover SAS and the stands, the arms... Marksman on the top of Arthur Cotton Court. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure it's not an overkill at all. Yeah, it'll be fine. Johnny, Middlesbrough have got off a side out. Yeah, well, we, we, we've sold 12,100 tickets, first of all, which. That was I as think, of this morning. Yeah, as of this morning. So. And there's been a steady flow during the day. Yeah, which is which is nice to hear, isn't it? So we're, we're, we're what, 2,000 ish? Off it being a sellout for what we can get in, so I think fourteen and a half is the absolute max, isn't it? So yeah, around about there, isn't it? But yeah, we're we're close, so which is nice. I think the atmosphere is going to be good, but yeah, they've they've been fielding quite 
mixed teams in the competition so far, but they're likely to be without 10 players. Um, Senny Dieng went off injured at the weekend, the keeper. Um, he hasn't played in the previous round, so probably wouldn't have played anyway, but um, Sam Greenwood's cup tied in that. So um, they're likely to go with a 4-2-3-1, according to their, their fans, with a mixture of youth and experience. They've got Johnny Housen that's been playing quite a lot, which obviously there's a pretty decent name in that terms. And then Morgan Rogers, um, the lad that was on loan at Plymouth at the first half of the season, of the season the other year and from Lincoln that Man City snapped up. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, um, luckily Josh Coburn's out injured um, because he was a nuisance when we played him last season. Um, when he was at Bristol Rovers, was he, I think? He was, yeah. Yeah, he was an absolute nuisance. Um, but yeah, so there's, there's quite a few injuries. Um, so a couple of their fans are a bit on edge in terms of it, which it's only natural being the 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 bigger club in this situation, isn't it? Um, because at the end of it, the pressure's fully on them to go and win. Um, so yeah, I think that's gonna gonna be gonna be an interesting one. Um, it's gonna be a very interesting one actually. Yeah, it is. So go on then, Andy. What team would you go with? Um, I. Playing on change side if I could. Fair, Bez. Would you be I'm making not in, No, I'm not in boarding injuries, same 11. They've been the right. I've decided to go and have a go at Middlesbrough. Yeah, and it's clean sweep here. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. Um, and I think, I, think, I, think that's, I think that's testament to, like you say, how they played on Saturday. Um, that we, we are all looking at it going. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's a, there's a, there's a change required. No, um, I agree. I can see him bringing Smith in because he may look at it and go, we're going to have to put his bodies on the line a bit more. But for me, same tires as Saturday. Yeah, that 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 sub for me is last twenty minutes. If if we're holding on to something, it's kind of a perfect sub bring on in that sense. Mm. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, Hopefully, going to be a great atmosphere. Um, so, go for it. AVTimings.com. When, when, when are you doing your run again? Start of April. AVTimings.com. The Maidley Art. Get yourself signed up. I'll be a new man by then. I'll be a new man by then. Fair yeah. enough. So, go on then. Hit me with goal scorer and time of goal. 27 minutes. Alfie Devine puts the veil in front. The oh. place erupts. Fair enough. Andy? Do you want my heart or my head prediction? Both. Heart says, um, Uchi, 41 minutes, um, just purely because it's one of those ex-player things. Will um, he be on the pitch? Mm, <sighs> No, I, I I don't know that. That's sort of that's what <laughs> my head says. Don't play him. My heart says we might chuck him in there because we've rested him for a bit and because it's his ex former club. So I don't know if if he if he starts, I reckon he scores. If not, then I'll go with um, I'll go with Chislet again because I th- I think we're 
I think we're a bit of a streaky team. I think Crosby's a bit of a streaky manager, and I think I think we'll go on runs, don't we? So, um, Chislett's score again, three one. Um, my, my prediction in my head was just like a three nil defeat, but a brave three nil defeat with them scoring the third late on. Yeah, and I didn't give the score. I'm going two nil fail. Connor Ripley after game of his life. Against his former club. Against his former club. Against his dad's former club. Yeah. Yes. 2 0 Vale. Vale go on to play Liverpool in the semi finals. Fair enough. That'll be, I think everyone will take that. Yeah. Get, 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 get a decent amount of tickets. Get 6,000 tickets in the ground now as well. Because I think you have to give 10%. Yeah. So de- we had 8,000 when we went there in 91. And Drew yeah. there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I think I think was that FA Cup there or League Cup? League Cup. So is it might be fifteen percent in the League Cup then? Well, I mean, I don't I don't think they were ever going to sell too many home tickets, so they just gave us part of the side stand, which was before they built a second tier on it, which was yeah, um, yeah and and before they put the second tier on the uh, the away end as well. So we had we had a bit of the side and and all that end. So. That that was a great night. Fair enough. So there we go. Predicting two wins from you pair. Um, in terms of heart, anyway. Yeah. What um, are you going? My 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 head says two one defeats. My heart says 80, 89th minute Ryan Loft winner. Just I just feel keeps it scrappy and tight, and then Lofty comes on and bundles one in and. The place erupts. Every, everyone's everyone's carrying him on the shoulders, and it's the the start of something new. And a rendition of "All You Need Is Love." All Make you it. need is love. I'm not doing it again. I've done it twice in one pod. Um, all you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. Right. Well. That's that. That's that then. Um, yeah, wrap it up. We've been going about two hours twenty minutes. Yeah, just just before we finish, um, we had a message asking just shout out, um, about it's that time of year again with the darts on on your TV. Um, so if any ladies are, are looking to join the darts league, the Malcop League's about to start and looking for teams and bills on Tunstall and Kidsgrove. To join, so if you're interested, message the pod and we'll pass it on. Or look for Malcop Ladies Darts on Facebook and get in touch with them. Sounds good. It does. So we love a game of darts, but yeah, um, we're doing. I'm watching Chessy now. Uh, not Chessy. I'm watching Pricey now. Yeah, Price, and then Chessy on the brain. Yeah, get yourself off to sleep. Then big day tomorrow, mate. Massive day tomorrow. I'm volunteering, and then. Are you volunteering at Vale tomorrow? Yes, because at work we get two days a year to volunteer, and I'm volunteering at the foundation tomorrow. Ours has just been upped next year to five volunteer days a year. Oh wow! Yeah, so we went to a we went to a cat sanctuary earlier this year to to go and like do some fencing and stuff like that. Look at your yes. little face. You're so excited for this joke. Go on. Teddy, Teddy wasn't there, was he? No, he wasn't. Oh, poor Terry. Poor Terry. And on, and on that note, because you've you got your all excited before bed, everyone else enjoy yourselves. Have a nail and up the veil.
So, it's full time from the pod, and we've just lost again, and now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, automate delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.